You are now tuned to Priority One Subspace Frequencies. Brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier shore leave destination. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 113 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on Thursday, January 31st, 2013, via trekradio.net, and then published every Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Adrian. And I'm Tony. Ah, Tony, welcome back. Still filling in for James while he's on vacation. Great to be back. We see you got that hum under control by uh, keeping your palm firmly rested upon the laptop. <laughs> yes, I, I'm enjoying myself. I'm going to be doing this entire show with one hand, not tied behind my back, but sort of resting on the case. All right, so what do we have uh, this week, Adrian? <laughs> there is plenty to trek out this week, from Android apps to radio dramas to more ways you can mix with the Stowe community. In Stowe News, we celebrate our beloved game's third year anniversary and recap all the festivities. As always, towards the end of the show, we'll open up hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. Captains, be sure to listen in to our live recording on TrekRadio.net every Thursday at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can actually chat live with us in-game by typing forward slash channel underscore join TrekRadio.net or if you're at work or mobile, you can visit TrekRadio.net and jump on their IRC chat client, which can be found under the community link. Speaking of participating with the team of Priority One, the start of 2013 has been great. We're looking for two audio editors to help with the weekly production of our primary Priority One podcast, as well as Trek It Out and in development. If you're interested, send us a sample of any audio productions you've done to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. That's incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Remember, this is all a labor of love, so we don't pay real money. But uh, we give lots of love. Nevertheless, 2013 has started out with amazing interviews, fantastic projects. So now's the time to get in on all the action. So be sure to send in if you're interested to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also be a part of the team by submitting your freelance writings to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. All the submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1,000 Zen. This includes comments on our website and emailed segment topics. We've renamed the segment Blank of the Week to Trek It Out. We thought it made sense to incorporate a bite-sized version of our longer spinoff show during our weekly Priority One podcast. The content will remain the same. Anything we think interests you, from the latest scientific discoveries to news in the science fiction realm, including, of course, Star Trek. But before we move on with the show, let's recap what's been going on at PriorityOnePodcast.com. In his latest installment of Spirit of Trek, Soradim explores how humanity has always looked up at the stars, asking the question, are we alone in the universe? What are we doing to improve our search for Spock? <laughs> in our latest episode of Trek It Out, Tony and I sit down with Richard Hatch, best known for his roles as Captain Apollo in the 1970s series Battlestar Galactica, and as Tom Zarek in Ron Moore's reimagining of the same series on the Sci-Fi Network. So be sure to visit www. PriorityOnePodcast.com for unlimited access to all of this great content. Well, let's get ready to trek it out, shall we? Jordan places. I don't know. Let's trek it out. Many of you know I am an Android fanboy, despite what one of my colleagues believes. <coughs> James! <coughs> James! <coughs> Android is an open-source playground with plenty of free utilities and the flexibility to create a unique experience for your everyday smartphone needs. It's easy to use, customizable, and the Google Play Store is filled with free apps to help you organize your life or keep you organized. 
in my search for Star Trek apps, I came across this free little treasure called Star Trek Online Guides by Daza J. Built using MIT's App Inventor is a nifty little quick reference guide to getting through Star Trek Online. From a reference sheet to help you get through those failable missions to dilithium farming, to a list of locations for cheap commodities, this app is a great addition to help you get the most from your in-game time. There are a few bugs that still need to be worked out, like the inability to open web links and video guides not playing. According to Daza J, most of these roadblocks are because of limitations in the MIT App Inventor. Personally, I'd like to see some improvements added. For instance, the ability to toggle on and off the sound, because when you push the buttons, it makes uh, classic Star Trek sounds. And in some of the sections where the guides are located, you know, again, this is coding that I may not be aware of, and I might be blowing smoke here, but it'd be nice to have little HTML anchors to help you jump through missions that you need help with. So, for instance, when you hit on, let's say, the lore mission on the Academy, he has a list of all the little missions up on top. You click on that. It drops you down to that area, that segment. Then you can click back up to the top. Nevertheless, it's a great attempt at bringing STO to the palm of your hand. So be sure to trek it out on the Google Play Store. It's a free app. Well, speaking of keeping Stowe in your back pocket, a new Google Plus community has been formed by players of Stowe for anyone who'd like to join. Check out what's going on in the Stowe community via Google Plus by joining the Star Trek online community. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. I recently saw it pop up, and I'm like, I'm on that. I'm so on that. I think it's cool. And I don't know if anybody's been using it that's in our chat room, uh, or if you guys have been using it, my fellow hosts. What do you think? I have signed up for it. Right now it's about 300 plus strong, which is awesome. It's a great start. Hey, anything to help bring the Stowe community closer together. And, I mean, Google Plus I have on the palm of my hand on my Android phone. So it's really nice. It's really nice to just keep in touch with everybody using Google+. And that leaves it open for later, like Google Hangouts. Maybe there could be, let's say even if all the podcasts got together at some point, we could do it on Google Hangouts where everybody can listen in on or whatnot. It's really cool. Really cool. And last but certainly not least, Gates of Stovacor have been releasing their radio drama starring some of the team from Priority One Podcast. Be sure to visit gatesofstovacor.com and download Gates of Stovacor 31, The Morning After Bloodshine. Watch out for episode 32 coming out soon. And in that, you'll hear the vocal talents of our favorite hosts, Adrian, James, and Elijah. So be sure to trek it out. All right, Captains. Discovered something you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Well, send it over to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, and you'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 Zen. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. On Monday, January 28th, executive producer Dan Stahl posted his State of the Game address, highlighting the accomplishments the team at Cryptic has made in the last year. Let's highlight some of the uh, significant events for Stowe in 2012, shall we? The first one, and probably the, uh, the biggest one, is that Star Trek Online goes free to play and offers a hybrid plan that allows players to subscribe and gain unique perks or play for free and earn premium rewards through time spent in the game. So, uh, subscription versus free. When this first happened, you know, there was a huge debate whether or not the subscribing to the game was worth it. Are you guys subscribers or are you guys free to play? I'm still free to play, but I do have my eye on a possible lifetime thing in the future, maybe, when they have a sale again, because that sounds cool. Yeah, I bought a lifetime subscription and I've enjoyed it. I think the perks are, are worth it. If you're going to stick with the game for a while, you get a lot of extra stuff and a lot of things you have to think about. Like, I don't have to refine dilithium. I can't remember why it was that, because uh, it's almost a year ago. I mean, I can't remember why there was such a big discussion about whether or not free-to-play was worth it. Because I'm looking at the Matrix right now, and, you know, like you said, the automatic dilithium refinement, that's that's a pretty decent perk. Another one is the Captain Retrain token, the, the respec. You get one free per rank if you're a subscriber, but if you're free to play, you have to purchase them. You know, slots, you get more slots if you're premium. You know, some of these, the more I look at the, and of course, I mean, we, how can we forget the 500 promotional points that you get that you can use only in Star Trek Online. Oh, you know what it was? I remember now. It's not a question about being a, a monthly subscriber versus free to player, but the question is being a lifetimer versus being a monthly subscriber. It is still worth it to be a lifetime member than it is a subscription member. 
especially right. for a game right. that Dan Stahl guarantees is going into its fourth, fifth, and sixth year. So um, yeah, really, that was the issue. Take that to um, the bank, ladies and gentlemen. That's true. That's it, true. it was it was really just because people are like, you can only afford to pay something per month, then that worked for those people. But if they could put a bulk down, then it was more worth it to get the lifetime. But then they also didn't feel at the time there was the argument that. Some didn't feel that it was worth it, the perks that you got as well for it. And I think there's been a lot of things offered since then that have calmed the waters a bit. Well, you remember a few months ago when the Thousand Day Veteran stuff, you got that instantly uh, when you bought your lifetime. So, you know, that lumping mm-hmm. in all those rewards right up front when you bought your lifetime, I think, you know, that yeah. really, really uh, increased the value of that. Yeah, that's a good point, because you got that Chimera class, and that's a tough little ship. Yeah, I think as far as Cryptic's business model goes, I mean, the last thing they want you to do is pony up a monthly subscription. Mm, you know, yeah. If you're right, thinking right. every month, I'm already spending 15 bucks a month or whatever it is, you're, not, you're thinking, hey, you know what, I'm going to skip this costume, or I'm going to skip this ship, because uh, they're already getting you know, a nickel and a dime from you, so uh, they're not getting any more nickels or any more dimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you do save a little bit more as a ti- the lifetimer as well, so you can feel a little bit better even on top of that, putting money in here and there for microtransactions and other fun things. So I think right now the general consensus is that if you can afford it, just do you know do a lifetime subscription. That's definitely going to save you money in the long run. And you'll probably be more willing to spend monthly on C-Store items if you're not, in addition, paying 15 bucks a month to play the game. Nevertheless, though, free-to-play has done very well for them, and congratulations on 2 million players. We'll get to that in a second. This year, actually, Cryptic was at Vegas. I mean, and that was epic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> that was really cool to see how many people were in the room who hadn't played and how many people were in there that had. And that screen demo they had up in the back, that was really exciting. See all that artwork and some shots that perhaps we hadn't seen before. And just a great opportunity for everybody to meet some of the team and ask some questions and... It was exciting. It was a packed room. It was cool. I'll never forget that roar that came from the crowd when the trailer ended. I mean, it was it was just so epic. And it's so nice to have seen Cryptic there promoting the game at a convention that they should have been years ago, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, better two years in than never. True. Uh, and I really hope that they'll be there again. I really hope that they'll be there again this year. I don't see how they wouldn't be because now they've got Denise Crosby and they're reaching for the next star, I'm sure, you know? They have now her in addition to Chase Masterson and Letter Nimoy. And there's there's one other, uh, Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto was. Yeah. 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 So, oh, I don't I don't think they're going to miss out on Vegas this time. I think it's going to be even bigger. At least I like I hope it it should be. It should be bigger. They should have their own booth, I think. They're also getting much more recognition in uh, StarTrek.com and in the official magazine. So it's good to see that CBS is really supporting the game, both on StarTrek.com and the official magazine. The more people that are not normal gamers now have the ability to hop on in for free without having to pay for the game. It's just great. It's really great to see all this exposure for Star Trek Online. The other big update this year were uh, Fleet Starbases featured projects and their embassies. Fleet Starbases, fantastic addition to the game. I mean, it's given fleets a purpose, and that's fantastic. That's really, really great. In terms of the featured projects, I know we discussed this a little bit a few weeks ago with the last featured project that came out and the, and the disappointment that that was. How do you guys feel about the featured projects? Coincidentally, we talked about it the last time I was here. All the good stuff seems to have been taken already. It seems the last couple of them have seemed to be filler almost. Why go to the direction of a tier unlocks the ability to have access to the exchange? Why not have a featured project be or not necessarily a feature project, but projects be about installing a console to access your exchange. These little individual pieces and parts that really bring functionality to the star base instead of doing, okay, once you hit tier three, then you have access to these things. I think it was a a design decision. I mean, they they wanted to set up hoops that you had to jump through. They wanted it to take time because everyone was complaining about, well, we burned through the content, now there's nothing to do. I mean, I think they purposely designed it to take a lot of time and effort to, to get done. No, no, but what I'm saying is, for instance, why not, instead of going through tier unlocking a whole slew of things, a whole level of things, why not projects that you do daily or whatnot, or a featured project, be for unlocking, for instance, the exchange. I'm just using the exchange because it's the first thing that popped into my head. But, yeah. you know, some of these consoles can only be unlocked at tier something. Why not a project do it? Or am I missing the boat here? I mean, I really think that they made the decision that, look, we're going to make you 
and use the G word. We're going to make you grind to get to this level, and then you can grind a little more to unlock all these cool projects. And on the side, if your fleet has a lot of dilithium to burn, or a lot of zen to convert into dilithium, then you can have these sort of frou-frou, fancy, decorative things that don't really do anything. Because what we really want you to do is spend time in the game collecting resources, uh, playing with your fleet, uh, cooperating with your friends to get that functionality for the bases. The dilithium stuff, hey, you know, if you want to chip in, we'll give you something that looks pretty. But what we want you to be doing is spending time with your friends in the game, with your fleet, working towards these very specific jump-through hoop-type goals. And you know, if that was their design decision, I think it was, it's worked brilliantly. But, you know, but I, I'm, fr I'm as frustrated as you are, Elijah. I just think that they they need to have another track, another track where it's like, okay, here's your star-based tiers, here's these functionality projects, and then here's these frou-frou things that you can decorate your star-based There's a few things in the chat well room said, that well I, I wanted to spotlight. DaffyDD68 says that, I want the holodeck to be useful. And that's one of those things that I think we might have talked about briefly about what would our dream be for our fleet um, a while back for our star bases. And I don't know if they were working on something for that or not, but uh, holodeck, yes. We could have adventures in the holodeck. We could play games. There's a couple episodes where they were playing like phaser target shooting and stuff like that. Or what about the ability to test your ship build? You know, you go into the oh, holodeck, yeah, you load yeah. up your test build. Yeah. And, I mean, we've been talking about something like that for a while now. So that'd be awesome for a holodeck on your star base. I mean, you know, you load it up and you test your ship build, fight some passive NPCs. Yeah, I would love to play all that stuff. That sounds great. Like that one game that Worf and uh, Ganon were playing in that, I forgot which episode that was, but uh, that sports game that Ganon was really good at and Worf was like, Reese's whoa. squares? Yeah. All right. And with fleet star bases also came reputation system. So what do you guys think? Better than praying to the STF gods for leet loot? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think most people would say yes, especially the people that didn't get the drops. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I'm still not a big fan of the ground game. I mean, I'll do it, but I never would have got that armor because I just don't play those missions. Uh, right. Exactly. I got it now. Exactly. I think the reputation system was. I thought it was a good answer to the whole, you know, I'm not getting the loot, but the person that played it next to me, my friend who just started the game, got it. And, uh, this was a good answer yeah. to it. How awesome is New Romulus and the other uh, adventure zones that came out this year, like Nakara Prime with the Tholians and having a user EV suit? That New Romulus is gorgeous. I mean, really. Yeah, I like the way you phrased that question. It's like, New Romulus... Good or the best thing ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I have to say, it really it was a pretty. I mean, it's the biggest thing they've ever done, and there's a lot of things to do there. And one of the things I liked about this reputation system, mixing in with the adventure zone, is that you unlocked the story as you went. So the more you did the missions, you got additional story content that unlocked with it. And I think that's a good way for them to maybe model things in the future. Is that you know, they want you to be in the game and playing it and doing the missions, so they reward you by giving you extra story by doing it. I do have one little complaint, and cover your ears, everyone. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I'd like a little more on the T5, guys. It's a little something for the effort. The T5 uh, unlock was just a tad disappointing. Just a little. Well, it's like I said, spoiler alert, but uh, I'm not going to tell you the end of the story or whatever. No, no. You only get a cutscene. Okay, so you don't get anything T5. else. Aww. Now you have to rerun the Tier 4 mission, and then at the end of the Tier 4 mission, you get a cutscene. And that, huh. I, I was a little... I, if I'm going to... I mean, we're a fan show, right? We like this game, we like to play it, but you need to hear honest criticism. Yeah. That needs to be fixed. There needs to be something there. So you're wanting an item. You're wanting some kind of a device. No, no I, wa I want more story. I'm like a little rat in the maze, and you know, you go to the end of the maze, and you expect your whatever it is they're putting at the end of it. Oh, I thought you were talking about an item. Maybe that's what March Under the Raptor's Wings is all about. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but like I said, I'm like spoiler alert on this whole section if you haven't done it, but you hit Tier 4, you do that mission, you hit Tier 5, you redo the Tier 4 mission, and then get a cutscene at the end of that mission. That wraps up the story. And last on the uh, State of the Game Address, we have the announcement or the confirmation that there are actually 2 million accounts for this game. Now, it was phrased 2 million captains, and that 
triggered a whole lot of discussion whether it was meant as individual tunes per account. So if that was the case, then you'd have to divide that number by the average amount of tunes that a person has. And so it wasn't really two million. But on the latest episode of Podcast UGC, Terry Lynn, who also conducted the Massively Speaking interview with Dan Stahl and Brandon, mm-hmm. confirmed that it is actually two million accounts. So two million accounts have been created to play Star Trek Online, which is an amazing number, phenomenal achievement. Congratulations to the entire team over at Cryptic Studios and for Perfect World Entertainment. Hopefully, Dan Stahl is correct, and I look forward to not just one, two, three, but five, ten years of this game. So congratulations. Let's keep that number growing, shall we? Yeah, there was some awesome stats. I really did like the report that I saw on PCGamer.com. That was cool. I liked the pile of (laughs) troopers. That was pretty impressive. It was four billion. Tribbles yeah. found on starships at <laughs> 16,500 fleets in service. But the 2 million in command, that's great. I love that. Next up on Stone News, the massively speaking podcast. The ever vivacious Terry Lynn Scholl had the opportunity to interview executive producer Daniel Stahl and community manager Brandon Full of Fiber <laughs> Feltzer in the latest episode of Massively Speaking. In it, there's plenty of reflection on how far Stowe has come, as well as discussion for what players can expect for this year's anniversary event, which we'll get to a little bit later in the podcast, and which we've already been talking about. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit more about this, Elijah? You have some info? What interested me most was Dan Stahl's excitement for the coming year. It seems that, you know, according to them, their whiteboard is nearly black with goals ranging from ironing out the, uh, this is, people are going to hate me for this. <laughs> Do it, do it, do it. Should I do it? Oh, no, I'm do it. it. I'm going to do it. Do, I'm it. do it. Ready? 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 It seems their whiteboard is nearly black with goals ranging from ironing out the kinks for the clinks. Oh. Zing! To enhancing the PvP experience, to adding more reputation system. I mean, this is in addition to more mission content and possibly more featured episodes. And I don't mean to doubt their resolve or their commitment to getting so much done, but it almost sounded like I was listening to uh, Dan Stahl version one from before he went on his uh, away mission. His excitement is clear and it's infectious, but he suggested a lot of additions and improvements this year. A lot of improvements targeting of the Tyre Stowe community. And that seems like a huge undertaking. So here's to 2013. I hope that we get to see all these amazing features that he's really excited about. Mm-hmm. It's infectious, that's for sure. All right. Well, also, this week we saw the Season 7 dev blogs, 32 and 33. We're kind of combining these a little bit and maybe a little out of order, but we want to hit the ships first. We have the Ambassador and the Camerag class for free. That's right. Just for playing the game, you can earn either one of these ships, the Ambassador for the Federation side, the Camerag for the Klingons. And uh, we'll start with the Ambassador class. This long-awaited ship is a tried-and-true design from the first half of the 24th century. She was seen in episodes of Next Generation and DS9, and now we finally got our hands on her. Since I'm Substitute James, I'll go ahead and run through the stats for all you ship people out there. Both the Tier 3 flavor commander and Tier 5 flavor command, right rear admiral on the Ambassador, have a shield modifier of 1.0, a crew of 700, four device slots, a base turn rate of 7, and an impulse modifier of 0.15, and plus 5 to all subsystems. And the Tier 3 version, the Commander level, has a hull strength of 27,000, three four weapons, and three aft weapons. Bridge Officer layout is one Lieutenant Tactical, one Lieutenant Engineering, one Lieutenant Commander Engineering, and one Ensign Science. And she sports one Tactical and one Science Console, and three Engineering Consoles. And if you are a Rear Admiral, you can unlock the Support Cruiser Retrofit, that's the Tier 5. And she has a hull strength of 39,500, four four weapons, four aft weapons. Her bridge officers include one lieutenant tactical, one ensign tactical, one lieutenant engineering, one commander engineering, and a lieutenant commander science. She also carries three tactical consoles, four engineering consoles, and two science. And over on the KDF side, you know, the ambassador is a canon thing, right? We saw that on screen several times, and she's an older ship. She's a throwback. You know, she's a classic. Well, the devs sort of kind of tried to put that flavor on the Camerag as well by 
saying that, well, this was an older design that didn't work out too good, but now they brought it forward and updated it, and now it works fine. So they had some problems with it uh, during the Dominion War, but they were able to fix it, and now it's back. So they're trying to make it not only equivalent statistically to the Ambassador, but also story-wise, which is a nice touch. But both of the Tier 3 and Tier 5s have the Shield Modifier of 1.0, Crew of 700, three device slots, and a base turn rate of 10.5 degrees, and then pulse modifier of 0.15. 10 power to weapons, 10 power to engines, a cloaking device, and can equip cannons. On your tier 3, you get the 4-4 weapons, two aft weapons, uh, lieutenant tactical bridge officer, lieutenant engineering, lieutenant commander engineering, and an ensign science. And her consoles are one tactical and one science, and three engineering. And at the tier 5 of your Admiral level, you get 35,000 hull strength, four four weapons and four aft weapons, one lieutenant tactical, one ensign tactical, one lieutenant engineering, one commander engineering, and one lieutenant commander science. Console modifications are three tactical, four engineering, and two science. And we'll have a link to those stats in the show notes, so you can review those at your leisure. So ultimately, to sum it up, you're getting two types of ships. One is for lower level captains that still haven't reached Vice Admiral. So you can fly, for instance, the Ambassador class at Tier 3 or above. And same for the Cameran class. But you also receive, and you have it in a, a locked box, that can only be opened at Vice Admiral for both the Tier 5 Ambassador and or the Cameran class. You know, obviously the upgrades between the two of them are pretty significant. In terms of the Tier 5, how are you feeling about the Ambassador class? I know that you were... Before the show, you were specking oh, it out. Yeah, well, I actually, I thought I'd fool around a little bit. I did the mission today and got the Ambassador class, and I took a stock Ambassador into an Elite SDF. No consoles, no devices, the Mark 8 phasers and torpedoes. And tried to hang in there, and I did. She handles pretty nicely, even unmodified, and she's a nice little cruiser. I think that captains who like the Excelsior but wish they could do more on the science powers, I think they may consider making the switch. If you want to be a little more supportive rather than on the firepower side of things as, a, as an Excelsior captain, you might think about the uh, Tier 5 Ambassador. Yeah, for me personally, this isn't my type of ship. I like to, to move fast and zoom around space. So, uh, But this, like you said, definitely good for the support level. And finally, 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 I have my Ambassador class. <laughs> I have my ambassador class. Thank you, Batman. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know what makes me sad is that we're never going to hear that again. Dog. No, you'll never hear sad. that again. I don't no, know. No. We can make it as a download. So there is an exclusive on the anniversary for Stowe, the third year anniversary in PC Gamer. And there's a spotlight video to go with it. This is really great news. Just first of all, the fact that it's featured on PC Gamer is awesome. And that's great for promo as well as I'm just really happy for Stowe. And so three years now, and I'm having a great time in the game with all the, the goodies that Q's handing out. And that spotlight video, by the way, really awesome. I actually teared up and I know it sounds really geeky. Uh, I don't know if I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one who teared up, but I did, I teared up. And at the end I was like, what, what's this secret thing coming out? March beneath the Raptor's wings, what? In May, what? It was it was emotional and awesome and epic, and I did. I teared up. I was like, oh, it's great. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, having a great time with the uh, third-year anniversary in the game. I love the way that Earth Space Dock is decked out, and the two missions, the one you get with Q, that's a lot of fun. Apparently, you can replay that, it looks like. And I did it one round so far, and I got the cool balloon sprayer, which was awesome. So I've been spraying balloons everywhere and then bumping into them. So much fun. And then it's... And then the other one gets you the ship. So uh, Denise Crosby reprises her role as Tasha Yar in the featured episode that's titled Temporal Ambassador. And you can get this by going to, oh, which, what's the character's name who, who gives it out on Earth Space, Space Dock? Dock right, right outside Admiral Quinn's office. There you go. So you'll, you'll find it really easy. I don't remember really the name of them. So pop on over to him. You'll see him. I think he's right by the fountain. So grab that one and play it and get what's coming to you. <laughs> the video was great. I mean, the, the music in the background was fantastic. It was fun to hear Brandon in post-production, awesome audio. That was really fun. I mean, honestly, the highlight of this entire video was the last five seconds of it with the Romulan teaser there. At, and when you hover over the words, it says, March beneath the raptor's wings. 
there's a lot of speculation, a lot of discussion as to what this means. Is it Romulans as a faction? Is it some new reputation system? Is it a featured episode? My money is that this is a, a featured episode. I don't think that Cryptic Studios is going to all of a sudden pop out a new playable faction when Klingons still haven't been ironed out. The backlash from the Klingon community it would just be... Uh, I can't. I don't even. I don't even want to think about it. I, I really don't. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm holding back <laughs> milk as milk I'm even. Milk will come just, for you. So will the entire team at Gates of Silvacore. Dan Stahl has said that you know it's first we got to flesh out the Klingons and I mean who knows maybe they've got some amazing surprise up their sleeve and Klingons will be fleshed out and Romulans will have some new faction. But realistically speaking, my money is on just an awesome new featured episode series, some new storyline mission that we can do. That's where I'm putting my sixty dollars. Here's what I think, and I'll, and I'll go out on a limb. We can replay this episode, and I'll say Tony was wrong. You know, they have doubled the size of their team over the last year, and Dan Stahl has said, "Well, we're not going to really call them seasons anymore because what we're doing this next time is like more than what we've done for other releases." And I know that sounds like stalled. 1.0. I, yeah, I agree with you. But this is 2.0, and he's learned his lesson. And so if he's saying things like this, I, I, I gotta think maybe he really does have something big up his sleeve. You know what? Uh, maybe. I'm, I'll, I'll be the optimist here. Okay. Uh, this is yeah. this is new and weird for me, but I think that maybe they've got more up their sleeve this time than just a, a nice featured episode. I don't know if we're gonna get a 1 to 50 faction for the Romulans like we did for the you know for the Federation, or even a 20 to 50 like we are for the Klingons, but it wouldn't surprise me to see something. Somebody's going to get their brow ridges for their Romulans. I'm going to be the optimist. I think you're probably right. I mean, they're up in promo, and they really want to make sure people see this. And they're getting a lot of notice, uh, you know, alongside the movie. So I would imagine that they're going to be smart with their money, too, like you're doing with your fictional money with your bet. And they're going to, uh, you know, <laughs> make a lot more my, of this. <laughs> my 60 gold press latinum bill with Elijah's face on it. Yes, I'm going right. to bet my 60 gold press latinum bill with Elijah's face on it. I love that combo. That's what I'm throwing That's down. That's a horrible combo. I love it. <laughs> so uh, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, also check out the third year anniversary tribute video by Rachel Garrett. And continuing this tradition, the community member Rachel Garrett has created another beautiful video that's commemorating Stowe's anniversary. You can check it out at his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash Garrett. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. All right, up next in Stowe News, we had Season 7 Death Blog number 34 by Scott Goat Shark Shikoff, lead content designer over at Cryptic Studios for Star Trek Online. This is for the Embassy Featured Project number 3. Goat Shark writes, Our next special feature is Added Elegance. Completing this project will add enhancements to your fleet embassy on New Romulus. Their stairway sections of the embassy will be enhanced with fish tanks and seating areas. This special project will be available around 10 a.m. Pacific Time on January 31st, 2013, until around 10 a.m. Pacific Time on February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2013. We also had a uh, release notes. These were combined in with the big patch that brought us all of our third year anniversary fun. On the forums, we see that we have updated the Jem'Hadar space set to Mark 12. This is upgrade you can get when you purchase it through the Lobby store. Uh, the Dominion Synergy bonus, when you have two pieces of a Jem'Hadar space set equipped, you will have increased Polaron and Power Insulator bonus. That got up by 50%. Your Anti-Proton Sweep that uh, you get a bonus. That got up by 50%. Your Anti-Proton Sweep that uh, you get a bonus power when you have all three pieces equipped. Now disables your enemies closer longer. It drains more shields and it also recharges faster. For those of you playing in the Azura Nebula, you'll be happy to know the Tholian Fire Will subsystem offline proc will now last proper duration, which is shorter in almost all circumstances. The team has also increased the turn rate on the Jem'Hadar heavy escort carrier from 12 to 13. The Borg can now adapt to plasma fire, so that is applied by plasma procs and plasma grenades. And the price of the current lockbox in the Delithium store has been reduced from 200 each to 10 Delithium each, but you have to buy them 20 at a time now, so you can still end up paying 200 Delithium. And some notes near and dear to my heart, the uh, Foundry has gotten some love. Some Romulan Foundry contacts that had the same name as each other has been resolved, and apparently that was causing some crashes. They've added Dominion NPC groups, so you can fight those Jemadar ships. They've added some Cardassian NPC groups, so you can fight Cardassians. They replaced a missing statue that apparently was causing some other crashes. 
And this is interesting, and the chat room brought this up earlier and asked us to address it. Foundry NPC groups that were set to timid behavior will now fight back when they take damage. This was an exploit that some Foundry authors were using where you could set these enemy ships to timid and you'd shoot them and they wouldn't shoot back. And so you just blow up a bunch of ships and collect all the drops. There was even a mission called EC Farming that was out there for a while. That's basically all you did was just blow up ships that sat there and did nothing. <laughs> and so now those ships will fight back as soon as they start to take damage. We should hopefully see more of this, and I'd like to see more of this exploit squashing, because as the Foundry is featured more in Star Trek Online, we need to be more interested in finding and fixing these things. And by we, I mean both on the cryptic side and on the community side, because we don't want people coming in and exploiting the game and ruining our fun for the rest of us. For the patch, that's uh, that's just about it, right? You know, nothing nothing else came from this Thursday's patch, right? Yeah, I can't <laughs> think of anything else. I can't think of anything else. Oh, wait, oh, wait! Yeah. Stowe's oh, third year wait. anniversary! <laughs> what? What? All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Before our listeners go, I'm leaving. All right, so we've got a lot going on for Star Trek Online's third year anniversary. Uh, including new missions, two new missions. Q's Party Goers. So if you head over to Club 47 or on First City, talk to Star Trek's Mighty Mischief Maker to grab this mission. Head for your faction's Academy Grounds to find five mini-Qs to be guests at the Omnipotent One's Party. But the tiny versions of Q aren't any easier to get along with than the full-sized one. You've got to play their special version of three-card Monty to get them to go. And, of course, there is the new episode, the featured episode, that everybody's talking about right now, Temporal Ambassador. In the Next Generation episode, Yesterday's Enterprise, the Enterprise C appears out of a temporal anomaly smack dab in front of the Enterprise D. Unfortunately, in the process, they destroyed 20 years of history, and that spells doom for the Federation. So, the alternate timeline Captain Picard sends back the alternate timeline Lieutenant Yar to Narada 3 aboard the Enterprise C to correct that terrible temporal turn. But that's not necessarily how anomalies work. Find out what really happened after the Enterprise C turned around to fly back into history where she belonged. And earn two ships in the process, a Tier 3 and Tier 5 Ambassador class that we spoke of earlier. I had the opportunity of jumping into this for a little bit before we got on the show. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't finish the mission because it bugged out on me. But Tony, I know you've played Temporal Ambassador. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's lots of fun. Just wander around. I Seriously, this uh, it's another one of those, we all wish there was a Star Trek TV show on. It would be great if, if it came back as a weekly thing. But the team over there, they really do give you the sort of feel. It really did work as an episode. You know, the question, is it Trek? Yes, they did it. I got through a huge chunk of it, fortunately. I did get through a good chunk. I think I was actually almost done. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I really dig this mission. I mean, it just down to the detail of it, the writing is phenomenal. And the voiceover work and the acting, again, phenomenal. I really had no complaints going through this mission. And there are these subtleties, you know, you're going through this anomaly, all of a sudden you're thrown into a timeline that you're really not familiar with. You see your bridge officers lying around. Yeah, spoiler alert, I warned you, okay, guys? So... You know, you see your bridge officers lying, you know, around in the area. You talk to them. They they sort of recognize you. You sort of recognize them. It's really cool. I won't give you away all the details, so it's, that way you, you have to go play it. But it's a fun mission. It's fantastic. So well written. Some new mechanics, some new cutscenes that you see. I really encourage you to check it out if you haven't done it yet when you hear this on Monday. What I thought was awesome was the little mini game, the little mini map that you have to go through all the Jeffries tubes. That was fun. I liked the accolades. Those accolades were fun, so be sure you explore, guys. Be sure you explore the entire tunnel system. And, of course, you've got Denise Crosby reprising her role as Tasha Yar, and she did great. I have no complaints about her dialogue, her voice acting. It was just an all-around, really well-directed, really well-put-together featured episode. If, Like you said, it felt like I was getting an, a weekly episode of Star Trek. Although the mission is fantastic, great direction, like I said, great voice acting, it does have one particular bug, I know for sure, was that uh, switching back from your Enterprise C to your original ship from before the mission, it resets your buffs and power tray settings. I also noticed that, and I don't know if maybe this was a feature, like they did this on purpose, but you finally get to fly the Enterprise C as part of this mission. My bar, my tray, it was like mirror universe, like something flipped almost. So I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was like an accidental mistake. And if it was, that's pretty cool, I guess. 
because my one bar C1 and A1, my control alt and regular, they all flipped over. They were upside down. And I was like, wait, what? I don't, oh, wait, maybe that was on purpose. I'm just going to chalk it up to them doing, having done that on purpose. Now, the reason that I didn't finish the mission, and I want to address this, the reason I didn't finish the mission was because I was almost done. I got back to my timeline and I accidentally jumped into sector space. When I went back in to continue my mission, I was actually back pretty far, you know, enough where it kind of, it kind of irked me a little bit. So at the end of your mission, when you're back on your ship, don't warp out of sector space. Make sure you complete the mission, whatever it is, wherever you are. So you don't have to go back as far as I'm going to have to go back now to complete this mission. Well, that wraps up our Stone News. Wanted to have one more thing to throw out there to you guys. If you haven't seen it, I think a lot of you know Tom, Thomas the Cat, as he's known. Thomas decided to share with us all a tweet that he got from no other than the Mike Okuda. Michael Okuda, famous designer, Star Trek. You might have heard of him. He's a great inspiration to Tom, who's done a lot of the art UI stuff for the game. And Tom is working on, I guess, revamping, re-improving. I don't know all the details on the UI system to make it better for everybody. Whatever it is, it's got to be great. It sounds like it's coming along really well. And he posted about the progress, you know, saying he's trying to do us proud, meaning the Star Trek Online community. And Michael Kuda saw this tweet that Thomas the Cat posted, and he responded, and sent Thomas a post saying, I have complete confidence in you, Thomas. And Thomas flipped. He was obviously really excited. He posted all over Facebook. And uh, everybody, including myself, has been giving him congrats on that. That was just super cool. So congrats again, Thomas. And just wanted everybody else to know about that because that was really cool. Congrats, Thomas. Congrats. Yes, congratulations. I mean, the guy that designed the Star Trek interface of the 24th century says, you're okay. <laughs> That's got to be a good day. I mean, that's got to be right up. Well, that wraps up Stone News. Let's open up Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing Frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. All right, on the Stowe Forum, um, we had uh, a few comments regarding the whole live events team. And, you know, one thing I do want to clarify is that it's not going to be ideal for every player because if we, let's say, for instance, Cryptic Studios does put together a live events team that the developers or Q&A team or whomever plays Admiral Sean, for instance, they would have to schedule it. You know, they would have to make an event of it, plan it ahead. But sometimes it's just nice to jump in game and all of a sudden, oh, man, the Enterprise is, and Admiral Sean's on Earth Space Dock and he's telling us to go fight the Borg or something. It would require a lot of legwork from Cryptic Studios to make sure that everybody from every time zone has the opportunity to participate into something like this. When my experience in the Matrix Online, you know, I didn't get to all of them, but I did get to some. And the some that I got to were amazing, you know, because you were fighting along these canon characters. And that was just epic. I think it would make the Stoke community really happy. Well, I think that the, the team's pretty responsive on a technical, professional level. I mean, you've got Vorticus in the threads all the time with the PvP, and they do invest a lot of time and energy in making sure that people are heard on technical issues. You know, they might try branching out into the whole the gameplay side For to make the game more interactive on, on the gameplay side. Forgive me. I just got an angry text message from our executive producer, Elliot Tan, who said that it's not Q and A oh. team. It is just simply the QA team. Pardon QA me, team, I'm sorry, yeah. forgive me. Pardon my ignorance. He's saying that Q&A is question and answer, where it's quality assurance, no, not quality okay. and assurance. Quality assurance. Okay. All right, what do we have up from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Adrienne? We have some stuff on leisure from Tepipels. So we have a first one from Yu Chen. says, I'm a big DS9 fan, but what are you supposed to do with a commander tactical on a carrier? Best I can come up with is subsystem targeting and dispersal pattern. Wish the devs would at least throw in an eighth weapon slot. Ooh, that's a lot of slots. Hmm. Well, we'll have to address that in one of our field notes episodes. Things to do with your commander tactical slot on the carrier. Uh, next one up is from Sean Newboy. Sean Newboy says, Excellent job, guys. A wonderful show. Do you want to know how James made the warm spot that Sargon was sitting in? P.S. It's actually more fun to observe me than be me. Many people are amused by me in real life. Sometimes it's even deliberate on my part. I think the answer to this question is no. No, he does not want to know how James made the warm spot Sargon was sitting in. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, I don't I know the answer, but I know I don't want to know. Next one comes from MJ Bird. says... Another great show, and I agree, Stowe Academy is a good site. 
I respect my science with one, and my power levels are way better. Just playing around and knowing your style helps with your skill tree. That's what we got from PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thank you, guys. Thanks to everyone who retweeted. We have at Chris Ha. Two seven one two eight two eight six. Did I just give out somebody's phone number there? I'm Isn't pretty it sure eight six seven five three zero nine? Well, that's Jenny's phone number. Everyone knows that. And we also want to thank at Sarkis Boy Adjian and at Secret underscore Trekkie and at Ninet Vectros. Thanks, guys, for your retweets. Keep it up. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback. We love hearing from you. And again, we encourage you to share and retweet everything that we post on Priority One Network at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter. Well, that does wrap up episode 113, broadcasted live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we're on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. We've been getting some amazing feedback, and we play much better to a live audience. You'll have fun, so come join us. Don't forget, Captains, the Priority One Network is expanding, and we're in need of two audio editors to help with the weekly publication of our podcasts. If you feel you're the guy or gal for the job, then send us a sample of your work to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We are looking for your suggestions and ideas for Trek It Out, field notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online forum on the Priority One website, or just shoot us a direct email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Head over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and check out the latest comic by Alex Calderwood from the new ARC 2. We are on Facebook. Head over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and say hi. Or check us out on Twitter via at StowPriorityOne for showtimes and other cool stuff. Captains. As you know, all of our content is 100% free. That's right. From our blogs to our podcasts to our sound clips, it's all available for download at PriorityOnePodcast.com. However, it's not free to run a website and pay for servers and whatnot. So if you have the opportunity, we would be, be so very grateful if you were to click that donate button and you know throw us a shilling or two. Or if you're an Amazon shopper, take a look at our Amazon affiliate store that's located on the sidebar of the website and support the show while you shop. You can also download our Google Chrome and Mozilla Firefox extensions that will automatically link your Amazon purchase to our affiliate store for anything else you might shop for. So it doesn't have to be something that we've listed in that bar. It's 100% safe. We do not record any private data or information. All it does is link your purchase uh, with our affiliate code, and that's 100% cool. Well, we would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our executive producer, Elliot Tan. Our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood. Our audio engineer, Lennon Rich, and the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partner, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio Live crew. And of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. This segment of Priority One has not been brought to you by Google or Android or know, any yeah, really. makers of any smartphone <laughs> handsets. Oh, and we do love you, Klingons. Excuse we do me? love you. Excuse me, Federation Patak. Did you just talk call me a Klingon? No. No, no, no. No, never. Oh, dear. Sorry, Melk. No, didn't. I mean, not sorry. Nothing happened. Oh, I'm sorry. Mel- I'm sorry, Melk. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please don't hurt me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For a guy with all that armor on, he's got pretty thin skin. So, PC Gamer, we... Bleh. Got Melk. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
It's beautiful. And go check out her work at youtube.com slash user slash Stowe Lily Garrett. Yeah. Hadrian, go, go back. Yeah. Yep. It's a, he's a guy. It's, oh, it's a guy. He's, he's a, Thank you. Rachel Garrett's a Thank guy. Thank you. I, you're welcome. By the way, you know, so, Adrian yeah, is also so, a guy's so. name, so <laughs> I totally understand what Rachel's now going yeah. through. Season 7, Dead Blog number 34 by Scott Goatshark. Goat? Ugh. By Scott Goatshark Shikoff. Special feature is added allegiance. Completing this project will add elements to your fleet embassy whoa, whoa, whoa. on New Romulus. Hang on. What? Added elegance. What did I say? You said added allegiance. Is it cold medicine? Is that what it is? Uh, I think it's the allergy Claritin D, man. <laughs> All right. All right. Claritin D. That's what's giving me a great D. buzz, man. Oh, that's just great. <laughs> it's that Claritin Go. D buzz, man. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't forget. No. Oh, Don't no. Forget. I'm forgetting. All right. Goat Shark writes, our next, our next, oh, shillelagh. All right. Goat Shark writes, our next special feature is added allegiance. Elegance target. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Elegance, oh. elegance, 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 elegance. Adrian, stop it! Stop it, Adrian. Okay. Elegance. Go, shark. Writes our next. <laughs> now I'm con. I'm all right. <laughs> That's right. We got this third year still on event. Whoa! Oh, I'm sorry, Milk had to partake in that. I like because how that's you just how anomalies uh, work, right? corrected your temporal, temp temper, temporal, tempora, tempora. Wait, isn't that the, the trampoline? Now I'm, now I'm all hungry. Tempura. Tem I'm all tempura. Hungry. Yeah, it's crunchy. <laughs> you can eat nom, that nom, tasty nom. anomaly. Nom, nom, nom. Mm, it's got a neutrino center. We're helping you do it. Whatever, guys. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Fine. You know what? You guys can leave. I'll do the show by myself. Man. <laughs> Speaking of participating. But before me, bleh, bleh, bleh. but if it wasn't free, like how free. much would you pay for it? I'd pay sixty dollars. <laughs> Good lord, that's a lot of money. How about? Good lord, how about, that's a lot of money. What if we made it for the iOS? How about I give you four strips of gold press platinum and you make it for Apple? <laughs> <laughs> I want just That's the code, I want the executable. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Well done, well done. I'm going to go get my ambassador. I'm, I didn't get my ambassador. Get your ambassador. I didn't ambassador. get my ambassador because the mission failed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. Take care, and thank you. Be sure to stay tuned for uh, Warriors Den with David coming up next in just a few moments. Um, David, kapla. Kapla. I'm not gonna say kapla. I sound like just a. <laughs> or I could. Oh no, I get it. Polo shirt kapla. wearing. Kapla. Kapla, everyone. Kapla, kapla everyone. Goodbye. Hey Tony. Hey Tony. That hey, next one's for you, hey, Tony. Elijah. Hey Tony. Hey Elijah. Hey, Tony. Elijah. Read that. Tony. Elijah. Hey, Elijah. Hey, Elijah. Hey, okay. E. E. Eli. Eli. Elijah. What? Thank you. Don't forget. Uh, we really encourage everybody to. Share and we we tweet. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> what did you say? Ah. Everyone, everyone, be, be valley valley quiet. Elijah is about to we tweet. <laughs> uh, Quiptic, welcome to Quiptic Studios. <laughs> did you guys see Sorry's comment that the bills are Monopoly money? Have the faces of already one crew? I was gonna say if somebody, get... if somebody passed a bill with Elijah's face on it, I don't think the cops would arrest you for counterfeiting. I just it would you know, have wait. Like, oh. Clearly, they'd arrest you for being an idiot. But, but wait, it would have to be on a sixteen-dollar bill. <laughs> Boom! Boom! There it was. <laughs> oh, please! Elijah's face was sixty-dollar bill. Yes, somebody, somebody, somebody photoshop that. that and mail that to us. Yes. <laughs>